All right. We're all here. Let's get going. So yesterday's daf, daf Memzayin, discussed primarily the shiurim, the measurements, and the process of the Malay Chafna, of the Kayan cupping, the Kayangadol cupping his hands and then transferring the Kataris, right? We learned yesterday that they would bring him a pan of finely ground Kataris. He would scoop it up with two hands and transfer it to the pan, and then he would take that pan, the, the shovel, and walk with it into the Kaidish HaKadoshim. There was a little bit of a discussion yesterday whether he put down the pan again and then transferred it back. Okay, but what we're dealing with here is the Malay Chafna, the original, um, the original uh, two handfuls, right? He kept his hands, the, the two handfuls that he would take of the Kataris. We also discussed the measurements of Kamitsa, the process of Kamitsa, how to get the three fingers into, um, you know, into the flour for the Karba Mincha, that was the, the primary focus. All right. Building off of that, we start today's daf. Very interesting daf with various halachas, but it's all going to be based around Rav Papa's shilas. Okay, Rav Papa's asking a number of shilas, a number of questions concerning the halachas of the Malay Chafnav, of, you know, when he would cup his hands and transfer the Ketires. We're going to ask a few interesting shilas, and that's really going to be uh, majority of today's daf. So here we go. Last word on Mem Zayin Amar Beis Boi. We now turn to today's daf Mem Ches Rav Papa. Boi Rav Papa. Rav Papa asked the Shaila searching for information. Dabke lekaimetz b'dayfnei demana mai. Toich kli beinan v'ha ika aydoma hanacha b'seichai ketikna beinan v'ha leka. Okay. Listen to this. You ever see? Um, you ever see them make old-time lafas? Yeah, how do they make these lafas? A lafa, for, you know, sometimes you're in Eretz Yisrael, yeah, or you're in these stores, how they make the, these, these uh, the lafas, the, the breads. They take this dough and they slap it on the side walls of the oven, right? And they leave it there. That's how they... So asks her of Papa, when the Kohen would do the kamitza, okay, and... With the flour. The halacha is the, the flour needed to be placed into a klishares, into a vessel that belonged to the base of Mikdash, a Kaddish vessel. What happens if it doesn't enter the vessel in the usual way? Rather, the flour kind of gets, you know, stays on the side wall of the klishares. Is it considered as if the Kayin put it into the klishares? Because the bottom line is, it's inside the walls of the klisharis? Or do we say that, no, it has to be put in properly into the klisharis, and it's not. The proper way to put in the klisharis is that the bottom part of the cup or the bowl is supporting the kamitsa. That's the shayla. Clear? Answers the Gemara, teiku. We're not sure. We have to wait. The question stands. We have to wait. Tishpi, Yitaritz, Kushes, Rabbis. We have to wait for Leo and to come in order to answer this question. Just a reminder, we pointed out re- uh, previously, wh- what's the reason by Teku? Yeah, we're going to have a couple of Tekus on, on uh, today's daf. What's the reason by Teku? It says, if you don't know the answer, let it stand until a Leo Hanavi comes. Why Leo Hanavi? Why not Moshe Rabbeini? Why not Rabbi Akiva? Yeah, so so uh, I I once saw 
that it's because Eliyahu Hanavi never died. He's lived in every generation. In order to be roi, to paskin a shayla for a gener- for in order to paskin a shayla, you have to be aware of everything that's going on. In that, for that door, you can't it's, you can't answer a shayla in a vacuum. And therefore, as for Meishe Rabbeinu, for Rabbi Akiva, yeah, in a Hanani, the greatest of the great in Torah and Alice. But Rabbi, only Aliyah Hanavi, who's experienced every generation, is going to be the one who's fit to answer the Shilas that extend to each generation. Very interesting idea. Okay, here we go, Vaiter. Another Shiloh. Okay, so what do we have? Let's quickly chag that outside. The Papa had a Shiloh, and the Kmitzah gets put into the Klisharis. Does it have to go in properly, being supported by the bottom? Could it go in on the side? We're not sure. Thank you. Okay, fine. Another Shiloh. What about if you turn the cup over very often on the bottom of a cup? I don't want to turn this cup that I'm showing you over. But on the bottom, there's also a little bit of a hollowed out area. What happens if he turns the cup over and puts the kaimets into the bottom part? In other words, he's kind of holding it upside down. But the, the but if you think about it, the flower is being supported by the klishares. Okay? So same type of question. Yeah, he holds it upside down and he puts the kaimits on the bottom of the klishares, not in the usual way. Do you need that the kaimits just placed inside? And this is considered inside. It's not the usual way that it goes inside. But listen, it's inside. So therefore it should be okay. And it should be kosher. Or perhaps, maybe it's got to be put in the way that it's meant to be put in, not upside down. Velaka answers the Gemara again. Take the question stands for Leonov. Okay. The handful that we talk about that the Kayangado would scoop the Kataris, a handful of Kataris, Mechukais Igedushais. Was it smoothed out? Yeah, the 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 kataris that he took a handful of, right? And we remember we said there's no real measurement other than the size of the kohen gadol's hands. If it was a big kohen gadol, he had more. If it was a small kohen gadol, he had less. All right. Ask the gemara: Was it leveled on top? Was it smooth, or was it supposed to be heaping? Answers the gemara: Neither, <laughs> neither. Both options are incorrect. Amalir of Abba, Ravashi, Tashma, Malay Chafna, Shamu, Lemechukas, like a Dujas, Ella, Tefufais. It wasn't smoothed out on top, it wasn't heaping, but it was Tefufais. It was rounded out on top. Now, Vosap is rounded out. What does that mean? What does it mean over here? So the Gemara had asked, again, do you want it to be smoothed out? Do you want it to be heaped? Answer the Gemara, neither. Rather, you know what it is? Heaping means. It's totally overflowing, right? When something's filled to the brim, and then it goes even above the brim, that's what we call heaping. Over here, what we're saying is, the usual way when people scoop up kitaires, so it's a handful, it's not necessarily full all the way to the top around the edges, but very often it goes above the cup line in the center. That's what it means round. It doesn't need to be heaping like mamish, like overflowing. It doesn't need to be smoothed out. But rounded on top would be the proper, uh, would be the, the proper way that, um, that the Kataris was, uh, that the Kataris was picked up. Zot, 
their Gemara Vaita. Okay, and again, we're focusing, Rapapa's continuing to ask questions concerning both Kamitsa, the measurement of the three fingerfuls, and the Malay Chafnav, the which were connected. Okay, we have Xera Shava one to the other. That's why we're we're going back and forth with this. Tanan Hassan. We learned in a Mishnah somewhere else over there. Very interesting. Listen to this. We know that after an animal shechted, let's say a standard carbon atomic, yeah? It's the animal shechted. What happens immediately after the shechita? You have to catch the dam hanefesh in the klishares. What happens if instead of catching it in the klishares, the blood goes splat on the floor? We learned this in Zvachim together. You didn't catch it. It went on the floor, and then you picked it up in the klishares from the floor. Is that okay? Is that called... Kabbalah Saddam. Says the Mishnah, no, puzzle. You did not do Kabbalah Saddam. You can't have the blood go to the floor and then collect it from the floor. That's not cool. However, However, what about this? You shech the animal. You catch the blood in the klisharis. Then it spills onto the floor. Can I pick it up and it's still kosher? Yes. Because, what's the difference in the first case, the blood went straight onto the floor, and then I picked up the klisharis. The second case, it went to the klisharis. Then it spilled, I could, so I could pick it up now. Seder, fine. Says the Gemara, how do you notice? Know how do you know that as long as, that, the, that what's ma'akev here, is that the blood goes from the par into the klisharis? How do you know that this is the halachas? Listen to this fascinating mahalach and how the Gemara makes this drasha. This is so beautiful. Says the Gemara like this: The Tana Rabbanim, because the rabbis learned, and so should we. The Kayin takes from the blood of the par. Here, this whole thing is going to be these two words: Midam Hapar, from the blood of the par, from the blood of the bull. Okay. Midam Hanefesh, which blood? So what does it mean, midam hapar? It means from the main blood of this bull, which is the lifeblood. What is lifeblood? The initial gush, the initial burst of blood. That is what the kaya needs to take with him. Below midam ha'ar, below midam atamtsis. Okay? It can't be blood that's coming uh, from the ar or leftover blood that comes out afterwards. That's not kosher. How do you know that again? It's got to be from the blood that's keeping that par alive, the lifeblood. Okay. Midam hapar. What else do you see from these words? Midam hapar. Says the Gemara. It means dam mehapar yikablem. It is blood that has to come from the bull. Can't come from the floor. It's got to come from the bull. Now says the Gemara, how do you know that Midam Hapar means that it's got to be the initial gush that goes directly from the bull into the klisharis? How do you know that? Maybe Midam Hapar simply means, listen, there's blood that came out of the par. No, bull blood. Eh, if it's bull blood, you're good. How do you know it's not like that? Says the Gemara like this. If you're going to say, that midam hapar means midam vafilu dam. Usually when you say from, so that when you say you take something from something else, you're always leaving something behind. 
So maybe Midam Apar is not teaching me that it's got to be the initial lifeblood. Maybe Midam Apar is letting me know I don't need to get all the blood. Only from the blood. Only from the par. Blood from the par. That can't be. You know why? That when you do Kabbalah, you got to be Makabal Kol Domai Shal Par. Okay? Now, how do you know it's going to be Kol Domai? All of the blood of the par, that's what he poured after the Kabbalah's dam and the Hailacha, right? The carrying of it, that's what he poured on the side of the Mizbeach. Okay? So it can't mean some of the blood, because it says all of it. Now, all of the blood doesn't mean every last ounce of blood that was in this animal. What we mean by all, it means all of the lifeblood. Okay? All of the initial blood that came out. Elashmamina. So you see from here, it does, midam cannot mean partial. So what do you see it means? Elamai midam hapar. Telling me it's got to be directly from the par into the cup. Dam me hapar yikaplenu. The, the, the blood's got to be accepted directly into the cup. The kasavar gairin umaisifim vidarshim and the tan of this brisa holds that drushes are allowed to be made in such a way. Meaning, you darshan the word may dam hapar, okay? So you, the, the word me dam seems to be a, a minimizing and then you're adding it and ultimately you're making an additional drusha, okay? You're taking the mem from midar from from Mipar, and you're changing the Hapar, and now you got Veloka Hakoyen Dam Mehapar. You take the Dam from, directly from the animal. That's how this Tana holds, drushes are permitted to be made. Okay, that is a statement, all right? From Tanan Hosam, which started this Gemara, let's say 12, 13 lines from the Tan, but from the top, until here, was a statement, and we're only quoting this Mishnah there for the following question. And now here's the question, Repapa's sixth or seventh question, by Repapa. With this in mind, Repapa asked another Shaila, and Shaila's like this. Let's bring this around to our handful of Kataris, yeah? We just learned that the blood has to go directly from the par into the Klisharis, it can't go onto the floor. What happens if by the initial taking of the Kataris that the Kayan took from the pan, what happened if the Kataris fell out of his hand and fell onto the floor? Is he allowed to pick it up and still use that Kataris? Similar Shaila to the blood, okay? Now, what is the Shaila? Do we say that him holding a cup full of it, okay, while he's holding it, it's like the Tzavar, it's like the neck of the animal, and therefore... If it went onto the floor, now if it's like it fell directly from your hand onto the floor, it's like it goes directly from the neck onto the floor. Upasal, and it's puzzle. Oidom, or maybe Klisharis dummy blipsal. Maybe his hand is not considered the neck of an animal. Maybe it's called the Klisharis. Therefore, once it's in its hand, oh, you're already yites a zion, it's in your hand. If it falls down, the same way when there's a Klisharis, it falls on the floor, you can re pick it up. So when it's in his hand and it falls away, you can re pick it up. And to the Gemara again, take We don't know. All right. Here we go. Vaitar and the purpose. And as we introduce today, this is going to be the focus. All right? This is going to be the focus. And that is, going back to yesterday's daf, all these questions, all these shilas of Repapa, based upon this discussion, that there's a relationship between the shear of the kamitza, the measurement of the kamitza, and how it's picked up, and the measurement of Malay Chafnav. So let's keep going. By Repapa, Repapa asked another shayla. Chishev bachafinas ketores mahu. <laughs> We're familiar 
with the concept of table. That let's say in Kayan Shach's one animal, Lashem's uh, the wrong carbon. So it's pickle. It's not valid. Okay? What happens if the Kayan Godol took the Katiras on Yom Kippur with the Das, with the knowledge to burn the Katiras with the carbon Hatamid on the day after Yom Kippur? The Katiras was burnt every day, right? That we know. There's Katiras every day. But there were special Katiras for Yom Kippur. What does Repapashayla is? Does the Das of the Kayin Gadol ruin it? If he has, uh, if he intends to do it Chutz Bismanai, outside of its intended time. Now, why is this such a fascinating Shaila? Sounds more like this. There's actually a background to the Shaila. And the background to the Shaila is as follows. Do we say that we make a shava of filling the Kamitsa and filling the Malay Chafnov of Kataris? Just like by a carbon Mincha. It's crucial that every part of the carbon is done with the right Das. So too will say that this Kataris must be done with the right Das. If the Kayin has the wrong Das, and he intends when he fills up, when he scoops up his handful, for them to burn it on the next day's Kataris with the coals of the next day, it's not, it's no longer kosher. Um, or do we say that no, just taking the Malay Chafnav is not necessarily, malay malay doesn't mean that the, the taking a handful is mamish like the same status as the kamitza. Maybe like Chafnav is just a, a procedural thing. It's part of the process, but it's not, it's not mamish the avayda itself. And therefore, since it's not part of the service itself, an improper thought ain't going to ruin the whole thing. That's the shayla. So, Amar Le Rav Shimi Barashi Le Rav Papa. So, Rav Shimi Barashi says to Rav Papa, I think I have an answer. I think I have an answer to decide, to help us answer again whether Malay Chafnov needs to have proper das bisman, that it's being brought in his proper time. And here's my proof. He says like this. Toshma, come and listen to the following, to the following uh, mission. Haisif Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva added on Rabbi Kiva added on to the halacha, and we're about, the mission is about to describe which halacha, but he added on to the halacha, fine flour, ketiris, and this is going to be the focus, ketiris, okay? Levina, the frankincense, as they say in English, and the gecholim, and the coals. We added it on to which halacha? So the mission explains. If somebody touches part of these things, the whole thing gets ruined. Now, let's pause for a moment. Let's pause. When you have a liquid and somebody touches a liquid inside the cup, okay, you have a liquid, somebody touches another thing. Once you touch one drop of liquid, you've touched the entire thing. That's sensible. Can't differentiate. It's all one. It's all one togetherness. It's one entity. By a solid, particularly 
a bunch of separated solids. For example, fine flour, incense, frankincense, coals. Why don't we just say that if somebody touches the coal, somebody touches the kataris, somebody touches the flour, just scoop out underneath it, and the rest of it never touched the flour that the tulyaim touched, and let me use the rest. Rabbi Akiva, may, Rabbi Akiva added this on. He says, no, by fine flour. Also, if the tulyaim touches part of it, the whole thing becomes tummy. That's exera of Rabbi Akiva. Now, okay. What's that got to do with us? It says the Gemara like this. We're going to assume, listen, if by all these things the Tvoyayim apostles it, so too, Lina, leaving something overnight, okay, and which, uh, which uh, you know, would extend to Piggle as well, because it's, uh, we're, we're adding on anything that has Kedushas Damim and Kedushas Aguf. So the same way that's possible, the Mela, um, the, the same way that the, the Lina leaving it overnight is going to ruin all these things. Usually, Lina and Machshava are things that turn something into Piggle. And the same way leaving it overnight should turn it into Piggle. Why don't we say that by Ketiris, if there's the wrong Dastud at the wrong time, the same way Lina is a problem, Ketiris will also be a problem. And the Gemara leaves that and accepts that answer. So let's say this outside. Rapapa had a shayla, And he wants to know, the Malay Chafnav of the Kataris, when the Kayan scoops it up of the Kataris, and he's got the wrong Das, he wants to bring the Kataris tomorrow. Is it going to mess up the whole Avaida? Comes along Rav Shimi Barashi, he answers Rapapa, and he says, yes, it will mess it up. Because we find in Amishal, Rabbi Akiva, that, that um, Lina will mess it up, and if Lina messes it up, that's going to enter the same status as the wrong Machshava. It allows Piggle to, to take effect, and therefore if Piggle, if, if Piggle, if Lina applies, Piggle must apply, and once Piggle applies, the Kateris would be messed up. That is the answer. Period. All right. Here we go. Next Shaila of Repub. By Repub. The Papa asked Noch Ashaila. Another question. Now we turn to the top of Memchas Amarvitz. This is such a fascinating Shaila. You ready for this? Makes you see the difference between, uh, not the difference, but makes you think of Hasidim and Litvaks. Here we go. Chishev Bechatias Gecholim Mahu. What happens if, until now, we're asking about the Kateris? What happens if at the time that the Kayin Gadol is dealing with the coals that the Ketairas are going to be burnt on when he's laying it, when he's using the shovel for the coals, what if he has das that these coals shall work for tomorrow's Avaidah? Tomorrow's Ketairas. Machshire mitzvah ke mitzvah damai aylai. Fascinating. Machshire mitzvah, these coals, that it's not the Ketairas itself. But it's needed for the Kataris to be burnt. So at the time that the coals are being burnt are, are being put out, if he has the wrong das, we just said the Kataris messes it up. What about the coals for the Kataris? Since it's needed for the mitzvah, does that also need das? And if I have the wrong das, it'll mess it up or not? Says the Gemara, Teku. We're unsure. Okay? Now this is such a fa- this is so fascinating 
because um, if you look at the, I want to read together. We have a little bit of time. It's a short daf. So I want to read together the first and third Rashi on Ahmed Beis. Okay? Uh, both pretty short. First Rashi says like this. Chishev v'chatias kechalav. If he had the wrong thoughts when he was shoveling the coals, Rashi explains the question, Mahu lahafsil hakatiris. What is the halacha about whether it passes up the whole katiris? Okay? So what's the shy list? The Gemara explains. Do we say it's a do we say that machshire mitzvah, what's needed for the mitzvah, is part of the mitzvah? Says the says the third Rashi. Skip to the first thin line on the Amun. Machshire mitzvah ke mitzvah damai. The same way we just said when you scoop up a handful and you have the wrong mind, you have the wrong das for, you have das for tomorrow. That'll ruin the katiris. Sorry, I lost the place. Machsheves chatia nami posla begecholim. Machsheves, the machshava of the shoveling also will posla it up begecholim. I'm not sure if it means it'll puzzle up the coals so that now if the coals are puzzled, it'll mess up the katiris? Or does it mean that it, it um, that it's like you never put out the, the, these coals were never fit themselves and therefore you can't put katiris this coals? My shayla really is, I don't know if it makes much of an afkamina, but is it integral in the coals? Or is it that because there's a problem with the coals, we're nervous about the katiris? Be it as it may, the Gemara Shaila is Machshire Mitzvah Kemitzvah Damai Oi Loi. Okay, because we know certainly the coals do need to be out there. Yeah, go ahead. Right, right, right. I mean, what you're asking here is that even if what you bring out a to me, it's more of a a ha'ara. You're pointing out that from the fact the Gemara is asking a Shaila, you're saying that listen. Anyway, these these exact coals aren't going to be hot enough for tomorrow. And the fact that you're asking a shayla, you see that even potentially, you're asking it as a question, but I mean, maybe we're, we could say it as a statement, that potentially any wrong das, even if it's something that wouldn't necessarily too wife the next day, because what's a hot coal now has to do with tomorrow, but as long as there's going to be a lack of das, you're going to mess it up over here. No, but that's right. In other words, that's in a chanami. In a chanami. That's uh, I, I didn't think about that till you pointed that out. Yeah, you're right. The, the The main issue seems to be, the main issue seems to be, that you need the proper das b'shasavay. Any other das, that's chutzlas manai, is going to turn pivot. Whether or not it's it's uh, it's even going to have an impact for mitzias in a chanami. I hear. I hear. Answer the gemara. Take okay. Here we go. Boy, my name is Rav Sheshes. They asked the Shaila from Rav Sheshes. Halacha b'smoil mahu. All right. Listen to this. Are you allowed to do halacha with the left hand? Are you allowed to carry with uh, with the left hand? Now, this is a regular Shaila on a regular day. It was shechita. They shechted a carbon atomet. Shechted an animal. Kabbalah sadam. They were makabel the dam. They did the halacha. They brought it over and the zrika, right? They transferred the blood to the mizbech and sprinkled it on the mizbech. So they asked the Rosh 
what happens if somebody walks the blood to the Mizbeach with their left hand? Is it possible or not? So I'm a little Rav Sheshas. Rav Sheshas responds, Rav Sheshas says that Tanisua, we learned in the Mishnah, not all to be a He takes, let's go to Yom Kippur. He takes the coals in his right hand. We learned this in our Mishnah, the beginning of the parak. And the ladle that held the Kataris in his left hand. Okay? So now, answers of Sheshas. You obviously see that you're allowed to transfer something with your left hand. But we need to pause for a minute. The Gemara is going to shtell on this. The Gemara is going to dwell on this. But let's think about what just happened. They asked the Shaila from Rav Sheshis about stama carbon. He let it transfer blood of a, of a plain carbon with your left hand. And he says yes, because on Yom Kippur, the Kain Gadol carried the coals in his right hand and the Kataris in his left hand. So you see, the left hand can be used for transferring. All right? Keep that in mind. Rav Sheshis is jumping from Tamid to Yom Kippur, to give his answer. Ask the Gemara, Reganahad, one second, what's going on here? Why is Rav Sheshes going to Yom Kippur? Why does Rav Sheshes just talk of, stick with the carbon Tamid and say like this, I know the halacha is, you're allowed to move things with your left hand. Why? Because the way the, the, the Kayan carried the right leg was in his left hand. So you see from a carbon tumid itself, you're allowed to carry things in your left hand. So why is Rav Sheshis answering, oh yeah, left-handed is fine, look at Yom Kippur. Why don't we ask the Gemara, why don't we just say left-handed is fine, look at the same carbon atom. Answers the Gemara, beautiful, listen to this, Gishmak. If he would have answered from the right leg in the left hand, I would have thought to say, I would say, listen, the halacha, the carrying, that's not ma'akev the kapara. Okay? Which means, we're not talking about the carrying of the blood. The carrying of the right leg. Let's say it wouldn't have been brought and burnt up. There's still a kapara gotten. Without the burning of the right leg. So I would say over there, listen, if you carry in the left hand, you carry the left hand, we're not going to be makbid on it, or even you should do it with the left hand. Why? Because it's not a ma'akev the part of the process. It's not an essential part of the process. But by the halacha of the blood, of the carbon atomid, that if it's not done properly, right, there were four steps to get the kapara. You had the kabbalah saddam, the shechita, the, 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 I'm sorry, you had the kabbalah saddam, the zrika, and the, um, the halacha, and uh, the, those three, right? We had the, the four steps of the process. Shechita, kabbalah saddam, halacha, and zrika. So halacha is an integral part of the kapara process. Over there we'll say, maybe you can't use your left hand. Shkayach is sticking with carbon atomid, but one, it's not a ma'akib dika thing. So you wouldn't be able to learn out. So Kamash Fulan, therefore if she just goes to Yom Kippur, where the carrying into the Kaidash HaKadoshim of the Katairas was ma'amish ma'akib. It had to be done properly. So you see from there that even the ma'akib dika process can be done with the left hand. And it makes sense why Rav Sheshes stuck. Um, it makes sense why Rav Sheshes jumped from Karban Atomid to Yom Kippur in order to answer the Shail. Okay? Let's just wrap up um, uh, the Shittas Rav Sheshes on tomorrow's daf. That was a short of a base. Let's get a, a, 
you know, let's get, get ourselves about 10 lines down on today's daf. So here, on, on, yeah, on tomorrow's daf. Says the Gemara, one second. Raga. Meisrei. That's a challenging question on Rav Sheshis. Zar ba'inin shukar ba'amun. If you have a zar, somebody who's not a kain, or an ainin, somebody lost a relative and they're not buried yet, uh, immediate relative, they're not buried yet. Shikr, a drunk, ubamum, somebody's got a mum. The Kabbalah by Lacha Bezrika, puzzle. He can't do Kabbalah, Hilacha, and Zrika. Bechain Yashay, Bechain, smile, puzzle. Hello. And somebody sitting can't do these things. You can't sit down while you do the sprinkling, the Kabbalah, or the Hilacha. Okay. Can't do it in a wheelchair. And you can't do it left handed. So Rav Sheshes, what are you talking about? They asked Rav again, they asked Rav Sheshes, can you do it with your left hand? The Hilacha. If she says, yeah, because you're a kipper. Ask the Gemara. But the Brisa says, left hand is not good. Right hand, yeah, left hand, no. The Gemara says, Tiyufta. If she says, is wrong. Ask the Gemara, what? <laughs> what, 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 one second. What if she sued the Isva? If she gave an answer, he said, left hand is okay. We just brought an explicit Brisa that says, left hand, no. Says the Gemara, one second. If she says, knew this Brisa. Rav Sheshus wasn't familiar with this brisa, and I'll prove it to you. But Rav Sheshus, who the ice Rav Sheshus himself once quoted this brisa to challenge somebody else. Listen to this story. The Amalei Rav Sheshus, Rav Chista used to have people telling over his shiurim. So Rav Chista had one of his talmidim telling over his shir, his class, and Rav Sheshus asked this talmud of Rav Chista. He said, you know. Boy, my name is Please ask on my behalf a question to your Rebbe Rav Chista. I want to know halacha bizar mahu. I want to know what is the halacha if a what is the halacha if a non kohen transfers the blood to the mizbeach. So Amar so the Talmud got back to Rav Sheshes and he says, "Oh, Rav Chista says kshera." A non-kayan is allowed to do the halacha, uh, allowed to do the halacha, the carrying. Umikra misayoni, and I've got a pasuk backing me up. You know what the pasuk says? Vayishchatu aposach, vayishchatu garmen pesach, vayizrigu akahanim yodam, vahalaviyim avshitim. The and the the kahanim sprinkled the blood that they took from their from the hands of the leviyim, while the leviyim were also skinning the animals. Now it seems that the Levium were the ones who were permitted to do the Ailacha, and then the Kahanim would just take it from them and sprinkle. So, so uh, Rav Chista answers Rav Sheshas, it's okay for a non-Kayan to do the Ailacha. And what happened in this story? Rav Sheshas himself, again, who we just refuted, Rav Sheshas himself said, one second, Rav Chista, how can you answer that it's okay challenge. He said, "What do you mean? So as the Gemara of Sheshes is busy quoting this, quoting this brisa to other people to challenge them, telling them that you can't carry it left-handed. But in the meantime, Rav Sheshes is trying to say you're allowed to carry it left-handed. What happened to this brisa that he's busy using to prove everybody else wrong? Okay. So the Gemara says, "I'll tell you." Let's talk about what happened. Rav Sheshes said left hand is okay. And then we said, uh, Rav Sheshes, you're wrong. Left hand is not okay. Rav Sheshes is like, okay, I'm wrong. 
then the story with Rav Chista happened afterwards. Once we taught Rav Sheshas the Bryson and why he's wrong, so now he's got a new Bryson in his back pocket, and if he hears something, the same way he was challenged with this Mishnah, he'll challenge other people. Meaning, we only have a question if Rav Sheshas knew the Brisa at the time that he's saying this halacha. But if he only heard the Brisa later, okay, so it's not, it's not the biggest problem, right? We refute him with the Brisa, now he learned something new, so now he'll take it and, and ask it on other people. That's one approach. Ask the Gemara, okay, let's pause for a minute. Let's talk about this story. Let's go into the story for a minute. Rav Sheshes asked Rav Chistas Talmud, can you do it uh, with a non-kayin? Rav Chistas sent back a reply, yes. Because it says, Vayishchatu HaPosak, Vayizrechu HaKahanam Miyadam, seems the Levim gave it to Gahanam. Ask the Gemara, Rav Chistas Krokamar, one second. How did Rav Sheshes ask on Rav Chista from a brisa if Rav Chista has a Pasuk backing him up? The Pasuk seems to say that Leviim did the Halacha. That non-Kayhanim did, did the Halacha. So why is he wrong? Last step for today. Answers the Gemara, the Ovod Maisa Itztava. Maybe you know what that's talking about, where the, the Leviim stood in one place. They never carried it, meaning they never went from where they were and carried it towards the Maybe they would have a they would have a kayan do the halacha, bring it to a levy who was standing in one spot. The levy would hold it, maybe just even keep stirring it to make sure it didn't congeal. But he was never allowed to make a motion to bring it closer to the mizbeach. The kayan would have who did the sprinkling would have to reach over to him, take it from his hand and then bring it closer. Maybe that's what the Pasuk is referring to. Hence, again, Rav Chista's Pasuk does not back him up against Rav Sheshish's Brisa, and we will hold it here for today. Bezhan, pick up tomorrow morning at 9.30 with another Shaila from Rav Papa. Have a good Tevach. Have a wonderful evening, everybody.